Want to know what goes on behind the scenes of the Waste Up Wardrobe set and the producer set? Well, today we're going to take you backstage and behind the scenes so you can see how everything looks behind the scenes. Yes, on Waste Up Wardrobe, we try and make it look super professional and perfect in the Zoom box. But behind the scenes, it's nothing near perfection. Today, we're going to talk about all the myths that you have heard of about going live, and we're going to we're going to negate all those myths. But myths, but you have to stick around to find out. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Vartanian, a civil engineer and attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally for the camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Virtual Nation. Welcome to another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. We are in episode 51, and we are nearing a full set of 52 episodes, which means that we have been on air doing this live for 52 weeks and that equals a year. There's been a year of uh, content from Waste Up Wardrobe, all designed to help you show up looking very professional and successful in the Zoom box. But today, we're going to take a whole different approach. We're going to talk about what it feels like and what it looks like behind the scenes. Because I'm going to tell you, it's nothing near professional and perfect behind the scenes and in the backstage and our sets of mine and Rick, the producer. And speaking of Rick, I just want to say thank you to Rick for always being on set behind the scenes in his production room, making this whole show work and go round. So let's dive in really quick. And um, the reason we decided to do this episode is because, you know, we want you as an, a viewer and an audience member, if you're thinking of going live in any way, whether you, you're thinking of doing Facebook Live or creating your own podcast or just going live off the cuff uh, when you want to share something with your audience, we want you to just do it. We want you to get started. And sometimes what holds us back is that we try and get everything just right. I am guilty of that all the time. I try and really create that perfect environment with the perfect uh, setting in order to make sure that everything feels like I want to deliver it. But the reality is, is that things really do go wrong and that if they don't go wrong, we wouldn't be human. So I've learned this the hard way of just being streaming for 52 weeks straight now. And honestly, I'm here to tell you that there's no overcoming difficulties and technicalities and and the, and the and the messiness that comes with trying to create a show of your own or going live. And Susie Hickson is here. Hi, Susie. And um, I'm so glad that you're here because I know Susie also has her very own podcast and she can relate to what we're saying here today. 
So let's just talk a little bit about some of the myths. And Rick is going to be on set with me really sharing a lot about these myths that people have about going live. You know, we want to just really help the audience know that you don't have to be fancy to get started. You don't have to have everything just right to get started. You just have to do it. If I would have waited to get everything just right when I started, I honestly don't think I would have been here today recording episode 51. But there's so many myths that surround getting, um, getting, going live and getting started with your very own podcast. And the very number one, the number one thing that I get asked all the time is I don't have space for a studio set so that I can really stream professionally. Well, we're going to talk about that in depth today, and I'm going to show you and, and tell you about some things that we've done and I've done while working with clients on setting up their very own sets. And uh, Susie is saying, sometimes you just got to do the work. You got to do the work. And um, it's so, so true. And um, so when it comes to set, I want everybody to understand and realize that actually my set is recessed into an old closet. And I'm going to go ahead and bring up uh, backstage. You can see where I'm at. This is camera number two of my desk view. As you can see, I am inset into this closet space. I've got my ring light in front of me. I've got my mess around me, but my Zoom box looks very professional. <laughs> so that is the idea. You know that you're not going to be able to get everything just right around you because that's not life. I work out of this room. This is my workroom. This is actually what I call my pit. And people think it's really funny when I call it my pit, but it is. It's where I do all my work. It's where I see clients when they come in person. It's where I do all the strategizing. It's messy. And it is full of all my ideas, but it is really the environment that I use to create everything that I create, including this show. <laughs> and Susie's saying, this is where the sausage, sausage is made. Absolutely. It's, you, you're spoken like, I think I, when I think about that, I think about like Italians would say that. And Susie, I don't know what your background is, but it, yeah, where the sausage is made, of course. And PK is here and she tends to agree we have to just get it done. And sometimes there's a messy side to this. So I also want to say that I've worked with clients in creating these these um, sets for themselves, and we've worked in some very obscure places to create a set. So don't let that stop you. Let me just to name a few closets, as in mine, basements that are very dark sometimes. And so we created sets in basements. I've created sets under stairwells, if you can believe that. Little cubbies, little nooks and crannies under st stairwells, in sheds and she sheds, and in garage. So really don't let the fact that you think or the myth, let's say, that you think you, you don't have a great place to stream from or set up a stage stop you from getting started and getting your genius out there. And I would I would love to turn the camera to Rick set because we want to see where his genius is made, where the sausage is made in his world. So Rick, Will you bring up your set and let us see the craziness behind the scenes over there? Oh, yeah, no problem. So what you <laughs> see here is is really all I shape. There's, we were talking about this the other day. There's a commercial where you see it's perfect set. The guy's doing a, uh, a Zoom presentation. But then as the camera pulls back, you see spaghetti on the walls, the kids <laughs> fighting over here, you know, just toys all over the place. And it's really we focus here 
Uh, and sometimes, in a lot of cases, for people that have been broadcasting for a while, um, and and for folks that are watching them who want to broadcast or want to live stream, think, oh man, that's the. I, I could never look like that, right? I could never make my set look like that. Well, let me just change my camera view and you, I'll kind of give you an idea because, yeah, where I'm sitting and what you guys are seeing looks great, but, you know, it's a typical little guy's desk and it is a mess, right? So I have I have stuff all over the place. I have my notebook, stacks of paper. You know, you never see any of this stuff, right, um, That that is off screen. And so you, you don't have to... You don't have to do that. You don't have to have. The, you don't have to redo the whole room just to create a set like uh, like uh, Christine said. So it can be a mess all around you, but the most important part is what you see on screen. A hundred percent, and that's exactly what I want to um, you know help the audience understand. Is I don't want them to hold themselves back from sharing their genius and sharing their content and uh just because they can't they don't feel like they can create a set that is aligned with their brand because all you have to think about is this box you only have to really style this window and you show up professionally and you know everybody knows that there is a mess to getting there there's all this ideation there's all this stuff that leads you to the finished product and so that's what i want to focus on with the audience today and let them know that we can design a set in a closet literally right like i am we can design a set under a stairwell and we can design a set in a garage i've even designed a set in a backyard patio even you know and that could be very challenging when it comes to technology but we did it it's just about you know isolating the, the spot you want to do it do it in and really focusing on just the window of the zoom box so I also wanted to share really quickly because waist up wardrobe is not just about waist up wardrobe it's also about what you wear below the waist so I'd like to turn the camera to the the star of the show the bunny slippers okay so the bunny slippers are very important to the show waist up wardrobe because it really became the the icon of the show right it is all about styling yourself up looking great and waist down well, you're, it's convenient. I happen to be wearing leggings today, not pajamas, but sometimes I opt for the pajamas and sometimes I opt for the leggings and I have my blazer waist up. So again, I just want the audience to know that we are, even though we're all about showing up professionally on camera, we know that everywhere outside of the camera is not, is not gonna be perfect and that's okay. And these bunny slippers, I'm going to add, are perfectly imperfect. Wouldn't you say, Rick? Yeah. <laughs> those are great. They are the star of the show. I know somebody had, somebody had said you should have a permanent webcam or a permanent cam on the bunny or a bunny slipper cam all the time for the show. Yes, bunny slipper cam. Yes, bunny slipper cam. Anyway, so um, this is really um, supposed to really spring people into action of just getting it done and really focusing in. If you just focus in on the window, you're you're doing a really great job. Myth number two is that the studio itself has to be perfect. As you saw, it doesn't. I mean, we saw Rick's studio. You just have to make sure you clear it up. And have it, um, and have it, you know, 
clear for the for the zoom box and that you know I have this room divider behind me which I which separates me from my racks in the back right uh, you don't see my clothing racks in the back so that that part of the studio is definitely a functioning working space but you don't see it you don't you don't have to as the viewer you don't see it and there's so many tricks and things to do to actually block things that you don't want to have seen on camera without making look making it look like you're hiding something it just looks like it's part of the set don't you think rick yeah well absolutely absolutely there's there's camera tricks that you can use um to minimize or enhance things that you want to see or want to be noticeable or things that you want to kind of de-emphasize and hide. And that screen behind you is a perfect example of that. A hundred percent. And I really, really think I recommend this a lot for clients I work with on their sets is that, you know, sometimes they'll say, because we have a rule that we don't stream from our bedrooms. We don't want to see anybody's bed in the background. Right. Uh, but you can still stream from your bedroom. You just don't want to see that bed or the, you know, the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So the room dividers are a really great tool for me when I'm styling people's backgrounds to to really camouflage some of this. And um, and so that is, you know, there's so many tricks here available to us to really make a studio look deceivingly perfect, right? Well, let me give you an example. So right behind me, you see this uh, um, reclaimed wood wall, it looks like, but it's actually, I made that out of... Um, pallets and then stained it no I, I just let it weather so it's natural color but it's actually hiding a closet door behind that because oh. i didn't want the closet door to be showing and i thought okay well i can camouflage it with that put a bookshelf here against the wall and then that'll kind of fill the space a little bit uh but yeah this is this was a biggie because i didn't really didn't have a really clean view behind me where i could um where I could point the camera at and not make it look like it was pointing at a window or seeing, uh, you know, the the entry door or the closet door visible, and so that's that for me that was a little trick that I used. Yeah, no, I, I really, I think I, I didn't even know there was a door there. So you know, that's the, the those are the kind of tricks that we can use to really give the impression of a full blown studio, and really all you're streaming from is a little corner sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so myth number three: you have to have a producer to actually go live and create a show. So I'm gonna give you the floor here, Rick, because I know you have an opinion about this. I do. Well, there's there's two schools of thoughts on that. Depending upon what you wanna do with your live stream, um, then if, you're ver if it's a very simple one channel broadcast, like to Facebook, and you're doing a Facebook Live, uh, or you're doing YouTube Live, then you really don't need a producer to run the studio. Now as you develop your podcast, your video podcast or live stream, and you want lower thirds um, um, things to come on screen, like for example, if you wanted things like this, you wanted a frame, you wanted social media icons, you wanted uh, comments that we've been seeing, right? You want comments to come up on screen uh, during the broadcast, then you have to use a little bit more robust software um, secondary software to do that because you can't do that in Zoom. You can't do that direct to uh, Facebook Live. And so if that's beyond your your capability to do that or technology, then, then maybe you should start considering um, either being trained on a platform like StreamYard that we're using here. There's, a, there's all kinds of different cloud-based um, platforms that you can use. Or 
um, you know, consult with a, uh, uh, a, a producer uh, like myself to kind of coach you through that. Or in Christine's case, uh, she retains me as the producer of the Waste Up Wardrobe um, broadcast so we can do a lot more fancy um, graphics, a lot integrate uh, videos into the show, um, bring in a couple of guests. We can actually bring up to 10 guests at a time on on this. You're seeing a four-up view, uh, but we could certainly do do more than that. So it gets a little bit more, Not it could be a little bit more complicated for somebody who's first starting to do this, but the capability is there. But sometimes you have to lean on somebody to do that, right? Yeah. And I personally love having Rick uh, as a producer. I, I, I just, for me, I don't want to deal with the technology. I want to just focus on the content I'm delivering. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a really good choice because I knew I'll be doing this for the long term. And I wanted to really, um, you know, not have to worry about managing anything else. But I know, Rick, that you've told me at times I can, it, it's very simple for me to teach you how to man it yourself. I just happen not to want to do that. Right. So it's not impossible for somebody to actually man it themselves if they wanted to if they had the time and the bandwidth during a show to do that but also for people to get started i mean they can really just pick up their facebook the, their phone and go live on facebook not necessarily for creating um you know a formal podcast but maybe just getting used to going live on a regular basis so uh so you know really don't really complicate it is what i'm saying uh if you feel like you have some good content to deliver just do it and then you can refine it and hone it as you go. If, you're, if your audience grows and you find that you want to continue to do this, then mm -hmm. you can then, you know, start elevating and getting a little bit more sophisticated with your broadcast. Don't, do you think that might be a good approach? I think that's a great approach. It's baby steps if you're new. And um, as your following increases, so should the level of your production, right, to attract more, um, more uh, viewers and watchers and potentially new new customers i mean i've i've gotten customers just because of your show christine because they watch it and they see some of the things that we're doing production wise and some of the prep pre-show things that we talk about and uh, it's all about organization because you know a lot of people don't really know how to how to even start so uh, i'm going to throw a term out there and and i think we we've we've all heard this and i don't know why i didn't think of this before but i'm a star trek geek so <clears throat> you hear this a lot when you watch uh behind the scenes production of star trek but uh another name for a producer is actually a showrunner right and you've probably heard the word the term showrunner but basically a showrunner is someone who manages the live feed um make sure that you have the right equipment and that's from camera to lighting to to your mic um, and if you're in set in, uh, depending upon if you you have a set or not, uh, and Christine's part of this is uh, you know scouting a location, setting up your your set design and and that sort of thing. And then we also I also help her um, uh, assist in some of the messaging. You know whenever she, whenever needed, uh, as far as every episode uh, that goes on, and and obviously organizing the broadcast. And so we have a bunch of tools that we can we can talk about later on. But um, it's it's really the the hardest part of doing a live stream, as you know, is prepping everything ahead of time. Right. And once everything is set, it makes the show much more repeatable and easier as you as you get more comfortable with that groove. 
Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And we are creating a series in the next, uh, not next episode, but once we complete the 52 uh, um, episodes, we are going to be kicking off the fall, the next year with uh, episodes on how to create your very own podcast. And we'll be talking a lot about these tools, uh, you know, the show notes and flow and, and the prep that goes on behind the scenes on in terms of content. So we're going to be talking about that in those shows. Uh, so myth number four is that your house has to be completely quiet and we know that that's not true because i have four kids and even though one of my kids is a college student he is probably the noisiest person in the house and i have two dogs so honestly i i try and and we do our best and um i've got myself barricaded in my office and i've got signs up but sometimes you know, sometimes kids be, are kids and they don't realize uh, what's going on around them and they'll be loud or they'll say something and, and yeah, and the two dogs and, you know, you can't control animals, but, you know, I just try and put them as far away from me as possible. So really, you know, being live, everybody knows that you're, that things are going to happen. It's sort of the unknown, right, of what's going to happen if, um if the dog barks or if somebody knocks on the door or I have to say I was on live once and my smoke alarm went off because my oldest son decided he was going to cook and ended up turning, <laughs> sounding off the alarm. And well, I had to mute myself so people didn't get their ears pierced with that loud noise. So, so, you know, so don't worry about that. I mean, I actually worry about that but i've learned that i really can't control it right yeah. so um so so don't let that stop you though from delivering the great content that you have to offer N no and and in fact those unexpected occurrences uh like the smoke alarm going off or <laughs> if you're in a in a, an apartment or a house where your windows are open and you hear the garbage truck go by or a jet or you know plane fly by that could become a a funny feature of the show right <laughs> and it all depends how you react to that unexpected thing. And, uh, uh, you know, a, a, as you go on, there may be a funny way to incorporate that little thing um, to enhance and show some of your character as well. So, Absolutely. And that is exactly right. We have had instances where we've heard loud noises because we've been, we would be interviewing a, a guest and they live on a busy street in a very metropolitan city. And there's nothing they could do about that, right? So we, we consider it a feature and it becomes part of the character of the show, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So don't let not being in a quiet place stop you from creating your show and delivering your genius. So myth number five, I have to have a big following to go live. Oh my goodness. So this was a, this was kind of a, honestly, all these myths I believed in, and that's why I'm bringing them up. I want people to know that I actually struggled with all these myths that I believed in. And right now it's my job to negate it for you because I've been through 52 episodes of live video and I really have weathered the storm. And Rick knows he's seen me panic and he's seen me not be natural and he see me transform so really it is a transformation and it is a learning curve especially if you want to deliver a very high level um show but we are human and that's something i've had to come to learn about <laughs> when it comes to technology and going live so here's the thing about having a big following rome wasn't built in a day 
In fact, I've uh, my my mom, bless her heart, love her so much. The first thing she told me my first couple of shows is that, oh, but who's listening? Because I don't see anybody watching. I'm like, mom, it's a work day and Rome wasn't built in a day. And it takes time to build a big sphere of influence. But really, I mean, it can be very discouraging, right? If you're on camera and you feel like you're talking to yourself, just remember that people are listening to this on replay. People are also finding you and you have this content that you can repurpose, that you can use for other things, um, not just the, the show. And I really have become to, to learn and to realize and recognize that my show, Waste Up Wardrobe, the podcast, is really not my it. It's my and. And it's a very important and. It's kind of like when you... You know, those big stores and department stores like the Gucci's and the Prada's, they actually do not make money having a storefront in a mall like South Coast Plaza. They are there because they need to have presence. That is, it's a presence and it gives them, it lends them more credibility and they just have to be there to be as part of their brand. And that's the same thing with Waste Up Wardrobe. Now, I've also been able to monetize the podcast and that is going to be in, a, in one of the, the episodes coming down later of how to monetize your podcast. But at the same time, even if you're speaking to one person, that is important an important person that is there to get your genius and to really um, be supported by you in one way or the other. So I always try and kind of remember that Rome wasn't built in the day, Rick. Do you have an opinion about audience growth? Well, yeah, I think the main thing, and, and you hear this from people who have been doing this for a while, is you have to be, the number one thing they'll say is you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. You have to do it on a regular basis at a certain time um, of the week and a, a day that's convenient that you think you're going to pick up the most following and do it every single every single time you do it do it the same do it uh, at that time consistently whether you do it once a week whether you do it twice uh, twice a month don't expect to to do it once a month and and gain a uh, a big following because it's not going to happen. In fact, I, I kind of discourage even twice a month because it's still not in a good rhythm. But but for you and for the most uh, uh, people that I've seen do successful podcasts or live streams, they're doing it once a week. I see some I see some people doing it every day, which is crazy to me. <laughs> uh, but you know they have bigger followings and they get various groups of people that come in every day. Uh, while the topic is somewhat different, um, um, they they consistently get a pretty pretty decent following. You know, in in the in the high uh, double digits to hundreds of of viewers every single day. Yeah, and you know, again, the audience grows with you, but the idea is to be consistent and stay with your audience so that your audience stays with you and ask ask for people to invite other people to the podcast ask your following and your sphere to let people know about you and what you're doing and how you're helping people so that is i, I just want people to know that if you're on i've been on live with one person listening um or a handful of people listening and i really i have so much gratitude for the people who are listening because those people came to hear what i have to say uh, or they're being and they're being supportive and they want to 
you know, they want to learn something. They want to see how I do it sometimes, perhaps. And it is such an honor to have them there that I want to give them everything I have to offer. And I go into a lot of detail. This is something that Rick is always telling me, don't go into so much detail, just keep it top level. And I'm like, okay, but I can't, I, ha I can't, I want to get, I want to talk about it more and more and go deeper and deeper. But anyway, that's, that's an aside. The, 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 the myth four, five about, you know, you, you don't have a big audience and myth six, which I'm going to go into, that's very related is that the audience isn't growing. You don't know that you have to be consistent. You have to show up every time at the same time, same place rhythmically, because people will start knowing you're there at that time in that place and they will show up. If, and they will come to your the house that you built, in other words. Don't you agree, Rick? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, <clears throat> if you're there at the same time on a regular frequency, then they know what to expect. One of the things that we do on this show, and I've only seen a couple of um, uh, podcasts do this, but it's, it's uh, you know, sci scientifically speaking, if you do, we do a, we do a two-minute countdown timer. Um, I've seen other shows who do a 10 minute countdown timer and says, well, well, why do you do that? It's because the way Facebook works is that it sends out a notification to all of your following that, Hey, Christine's going to be live in a couple of minutes, you know, join her. And, mm -hmm. and we all know that it takes a few minutes for people to settle in, to sit, to, to get in front of their, um, their, their either phone or their desktop to kind of get ready and settle in. So it gives people notification that something is about to happen. A live, a live stream is going to happen. And, um, you know, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, no, the PK is adding gap, the same bat day and the same bat hour for sure. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's hard sometimes to stay consistent when you're in the process of growing an audience, because you keep saying, well, week after week I show up, but who's, you know, are, are people wanting this? And the reality is they do. You have people showing up that you don't know are showing up. People are watching replays. They are hearing about you. I get messages in my, um, in my inbox, you know, asking me questions about my business that I otherwise wouldn't have been able with people I wouldn't otherwise have been able to connect with. So it is, it is very valuable to be consistent and it will eventually keep growing your audience. So myth number seven is I feel like I always look stupid or feel stupid on camera. And I'm going to say that I, that was the one thing that actually uh, almost stopped me from going live. Rick had been telling me for years, you need to go live with your content. You need to go <laughs> live with your content. Um, and I would be like, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I feel really strange going, you know, just off the cuff live. And I don't know if I'm going to say anything valuable. And I look stupid. Will I fumble my words, which I do all the time. And um, and he said, well, you know, the more you do it, the more you get better at it. And I'll tell you that I today, I guarantee you that if you are uncomfortable with going live, that today I feel 90% more comfortable going on live. I still have to prepare and I still feel like, okay, I'm going live. I have to think about that, but I am not nervous about it anymore. I, I, I go on. If I am not hundred percent prepared, like I used to be on day one, I really just go with the flow and it tends to be actually a better outcome. Right, Rick? Oh, well, absolutely. I, I remember when you first started, it's like, well, what if no one's watching? <laughs> right? when, when we're broadcasting live well you know what it doesn't matter and pk just said it we can always share 
the replays, right? Yeah. And so tape it as if there's a hundred people watching you or a couple hundred people watching you. Because the weirdest thing when you first start doing this is that it's just you in the room, right? <laughs> you don't see the audience <laughs> behind the camera. So it is a little odd, but I guarantee you over time, people will be watching you, whether it's live or on uh, tape delay or uh, or on a replay, they're going to be watching you. So just treat it treat it like you do have an audience out there. You just can't quite see them at the time that you're you're talking to the camera. Yeah. And when it comes to feeling, you know, feeling like you're not you're, you're acting or feeling stupid, you know, everybody does. I feel like everybody feels uh, awkward a little bit when they go on live and unless they're really, really used to it. And um, and 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 so what? Right. I mean, I think I've learned that from many entrepreneurs, um, including uh, yourself, Rick, and including, you know, Molly Mahoney, who goes on all the time, who is so natural at what she does. And, you know, and, and sometimes she fumbles or she'll say something or she'll get interrupted. And it's like part of the act. Mm -hmm. And I, I really admire that. I mean, that's really something that I'm working towards is, is that if something goes on that is out of the ordinary that you didn't expect just make it part of the signature of the of the show right of that episode and that's yeah. that's the moral of that story so when it comes to myth number eight we're getting down to the wire here the last couple myths that people tell me all the time is stopping them from going live is that you know they say that going live is hard and they'll never get used to it well part of that can be can be true. I mean, going live was hard for me. I didn't really want to do it. I was very resistant. I knew I had to do it to get better as a public speaker, to get better at um, becoming a guest speaker. And so I kind of did it in fear. I did it afraid. Uh, but you do get used to it. You actually really do get used to it. If I could get used to it, I guarantee most of the population can get used to it. Um, because you end, you know, I think that there's this um, school of thought that if something gives you anxiety, the cure for it is just to do it and do it again and keep doing it until it, until the anxiety kind of lessens. Uh, so that's what I did, right, Rick? What what are your thoughts on that? Well, do you remember when we first? When I when we first uh, met and we started talking about doing videos and production and all that stuff, I thought, man, these are really good ideas that you have to promote uh, promote uh, Jade for All Seasons at the time. And so I'd whip out my phone and say, well, let's just do a quick Facebook Live and talk about it. You know, just like a couple minutes. It doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden I get this look of fear, like, well, what am I going to say? I go, well, you're the expert. You don't have to say. Just talk about your stuff, you know. It's, and so it just takes sometimes it just takes moments like that to overcome when you're not prepared, um, <laughs> because a lot of times I'll get uh, real estate agents, for example, and they start their broadcasts. And and uh, when we're doing the, the planning for it, uh, they're like, oh, well, I, what do I what do I talk about? Dude, you're the you're the real estate agent. You have the buying and selling knowledge of the marketplace that you live in. Just talk about that. Pick one, and then uh, one or two topics that you can talk on for you know three to five minutes, and let's do that. And it's 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 funny how people just kind of have that brain freeze all of a sudden when you have a camera pointing in front of you, and they're not sure what to say, but yet they're the expert. And and so it, once you overcome that fear, once you just do it. Right, a couple of times, then it starts 
coming more naturally and then you can start conversing with the camera as if the camera is your you know audience of a hundred or fifteen hundred or you know, thousands of people uh which potentially could be online right so yeah and just and do it that that's right just do it the point of today is to encourage those who are on the fence of starting their own show or going live consistently to just do it get off that fence and start doing it because you have so much to share with an audience that's just waiting to hear it. And um, and even though it's hard, if you can get through the first several episodes, you'll find that it gets easier and easier. I am a testament to that for sure. And um, it's remarkable what you said, Rick, about, you know, you can put a camera in front of an expert that is used to talking about their genius, but then they get they get a little bit you know fragmented when it's time to just go on camera and talk to a camera lens as a and not not really realize that there's an audience behind that because it's hard to 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 think about that and um, it's it's I guess it's not really about what to say it's about how do you show up on camera that's what they they're like what do I do how do I act how do I stand how do I talk how do what does my voice sound like right it's more than just what do I say I think it's. Uh, it's more about all those things that are kind of coming at you in your mind about, okay, how am I going to really be ready for the camera? But you do it more and it gets easier. Well, think about it before uh, years. Well, not that long ago when you would watch a sitcom, right? Um, they never had live audiences there, especially a comedic sitcom. They would have laugh tracks that they would lay, lay over uh, for people that were actually watching the show after the production was done. And so how hard is that to, to come off with a joke and not have anybody laughing at with, at a line that's actually supposed to be pretty hilarious? Yeah. And so it's kind of like that. And, and this is the same thing. You don't have an audience reaction when you're talking to them. You don't know, are they leaning in uh, to your idea or to your bullet point? Um, are they not paying attention because they think you're boring. Well, you know what? You just have to do it. You have to do it the best way you can. Do it as if you have a live audience in front of you and they're really leaning in on your message. And, uh, you know, over time, when, when as you practice that, it, things will get better, smoother, and you, your, your points will be definitely heard. Right. And... Um you know, it, it, it again, it's just about let's get started, right? So I'm going to go into myth number nine, which is I need to get dressed up for the camera. Well, that's partially true and partially not true because, yes, we want you to look very professional from the waist up, but waist down, as you can see, my bunny slippers are my wardrobe. So you don't really have to get dressed up. I'm wearing leggings and bunny slippers and sometimes they're pajamas. And sometimes I'm sure Rick shows up in shorts. He may be wearing jeans now, but you know, so, so you do have to get dressed up a little bit, but uh, the myth is that you have to get dressed up head to toe and you don't. So uh, just remember that, just remember that just get dressed up halfway and you're, and you're there, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's what the show is all about okay myth number 10 i will run out of topics to discuss and i'm gonna tell you that is definitely a consideration right you you start a show and you're like okay i mean can i come up with topic after topic week after week and the reality is there are some times where it becomes a little bit you know um difficult but uh there's ways around that there's always changes in so many industries things happen like for instance in styling trends happen so that's a really good thing to capitalize on 
um, as a new topic because those are always ever changing. So capitalizing on that is a way to to come up with some fresh new ideas. Also, um, you know, repurposing some material, repurposing things that you've maybe done in the past, topics you've done in the past, and um, taking it and and re packaging it into something else. And so that would be another great way to come up with a topic and create a new topic. Uh, and, um, you know, for me, a lot of times I rely on bringing in new fresh guests and fresh faces to give their genius as it relates to my uh, program. And that really enhances the quality of the show and also enhances um, the, the goodness and genius that you give to the audience. Because now you have two experts putting their heads together and delivering to the audience. Do you have any opinions on that, Rick? Well, that's a that, that's an excellent point because I was going to talk about that too, is that a guest is a great way to take the pressure off of you, right? Mm -hmm. Now you can become the interviewer, number one, and also now you have the ability to tap into the guest audience um, and their following. And so it's that's a great way. That's a that's a great way to um, to do that. I know very frequently Christine brings on guests, other experts in their field. That um, sure, you know, Christine could do the research and talk about it, but it doesn't really. Because she's not, uh, you know, necessarily an expert in that particular field, um, it 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 she gets more credence and much more credibility by bringing on these experts, um, you know, frequently uh, to talk about certain topics. And you know, it's 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 a free marketing tool for you as a broadcaster, as you as a live streamer or a podcaster uh, to do that. So that's that's a great idea. Yeah, and Linda Hamilton's here. Welcome, Linda. And she's really, she's saying this is great advice. And and you know what? That is the thing. I think running out of topics can be such a challenge. I mean, you think that you're running out of topics, but there's so many ways to ignite some great topics. And guests are a great way to do it. It's also a great way to build relationships and partnerships with people is to bring in a guest that is related to your industry, whose audience is a similar audience to yours. And that way you can bring them even more goodness by you know because two experts are always better than one <laughs> and so really having that ability to to give more value and that is another way to grow your audience um your sphere of of of, of influence and it's so interesting because i love that rick is always here on a production set for even another reason i have a sneaky reason why i like him here <laughs> it's because when i want to throw some ideas off of him or ask him a question I can bring him up into the studio. I have an instant guest. <laughs> and uh, and because you're so, you know, you are running the show, you have such that that technology expertise that everybody needs when they're starting their own show. It it becomes really a magical way to 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 advise and to educate the audience. So that is that that's been a really wonderful perk. <laughs> and so I'm taking advantage of it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, right. I like I like what PK says here that you, you are an excellent interviewer and you have developed to be a, a really good interviewer with your guests. That's great. I don't know if that's because you were a former attorney and you're used to doing that and maybe in the process of doing depositions and stuff like that. <laughs> Maybe that's a maybe there's a spillover from that, but you've really developed into a, a great interviewer uh, on the show. 
Well, thank you, PK. Thank you, Rick. And I think it's because I am a very curious person. I really feel that I'm so curious that one question kind of brings on the next. So I, I, I do actually enjoy learning from people. And the only way to learn is to ask questions. And so that's that's kind of part of what I do. But I'm going to go ahead and do a little roundup of today because I want everybody to see all the myths that we just, just hear all the myths again that we are trying to dispel. Um, myth number one, I don't have space for the studio set. Remember, I'm in a closet, you guys. Uh, myth number two, the studio has to be perfect. Remember, guys, look at our studios. It is not perfect. They are they they have a messy aspect to them. Myth number three, I have to have a producer. Well, you know what? That's that is that is a myth because you can do this without a producer but I really do love having my producer, Rick. <laughs> um, myth number three, my house has to be completely quiet. Not true. Uh, myth number five, I have to have a big following to go live. You people, we are building a following. We are we are serving a community who, when one person shows up, that means that's one person that you have to serve. So think about that. One person is 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 as valuable as a million. So just remember that you're growing the audience. And the way to grow an audience is to keep doing this day after day and asking your audience to invite others who you think who they think would really benefit from the content. Myth number eight, go live. Going live is hard and you'll never get used to it. Well, part of that, it is true. It is hard. And it is hard for many people. Some people, it's pretty effortless. But for most people, it's hard. But you do get used to it. Because the best way to get over something that makes you anxious is to do it and do it and do it over again. And myth number nine is I need to get dressed up for video. Well, again, halfway true. Only halfway, people. Just get dressed up halfway. Waist up. And myth number 10 is I will run out of topics to discuss. Well, you may think that, but it is a myth because there's always something interesting to talk about when it comes to your genius. And there's always somebody out there that needs what you have to offer. You just have to package it in the right way and make it relatable to the audience. Think about those frequently asked questions that people come to you with. Those are all topic ideas. Think about the shows you've done in the past and repurpose them. Use them in a different light. We took three shows and we put them into one show that showed the building blocks for creating the best Zoom room. So there's so many ways you can really work with the content that you have to offer. And remember, this is all about the audience. You, you, you want to talk about yourself sometimes because you want people to get to know you and be able to relate to you. But remember, Really, your show is about the audience you're serving. You want to give them and give them and give them more information to go on. So remember, here at Waste Up Wardrobe, we create episodes for you that are designed for you to watch them or listen to them um, all together and create an outstanding, very successful Zoom room. Or you can just pick one topic that you think is interesting to you and listen to that and you'll get a lot a lot out of it. And we are approaching week 52. I am a true testament, seriously, of somebody who was scared to be on camera, somebody that didn't, that felt like I wasn't, the set wasn't perfect, felt like I would run out of things to talk about. And I am recording episode 51 today. Oh my gosh, I'm getting chills thinking about it, really. So anybody can do this. And and if you're an entrepreneur, if you're somebody in business, if you have value to give the world, you really, really are missing an opportunity if you're not going live with your with your information. So 
Waste Up Order Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm going to say the main takeaway is get started. We've already negated all those myths for you. And again, out of practice, this is not something I'm just telling you. I'm actually, I practice this and I found that the myths aren't entirely true and I've overcome them. Okay, tip, get started. Just pick a corner in your space and pick a closet, pick pick under the stairwell and get started. Okay, Um, tools you use your phone like you don't even have to go that far use your phone go live on facebook start doing on facebook regularly once a week and then grow it then create a stream yard um production with a producer with or without a producer but get started and finally action item well i have a really great action item that got me started i started ideas on what my topics would be what are the topics that i would talk on and the way i I actually came up with ideas is those frequently asked questions by people to me were really the beginning of my topics. So if you want to start somewhere, get a piece of paper and a pen and start putting ideas down on what topics you would be able to speak to. And Rick, thank you for joining me on this episode because you're uh, uh, just a wealth of information. I really appreciate it. Any last words from you as we wrap up? Uh, The only thing I'm going to repeat is just do it. Just do it. All right. And if you want any information, any any chance to talk to either Rick or myself, hashtag start and shine because we're springing you right into action. Start and shine. And if you put the hashtag in the um, in the comment box, we will connect with you and we can talk about how you get started. If that's something you want, we're happy to do this. Either myself or Rick or both of us, we're happy to do this because really we've learned and I especially have learned so much from creating Waste Up Wardrobe. Next week, I will bring you episode 52, the end of the episodes for the year. And what it's going to be is going to be a summation of all 51 episodes that we have talked about thus far and how you can use them to start really thinking very carefully and intentionally about your very own podcast. And after that, we're going to teach you how to build your very own podcast. So join us next week, same time, same place, 1130 Pacific Standard Time. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Go to Facebook on Waste Up Wardrobe and like our page. And don't forget to join us next week at 1130 and invite a friend. 